What's up, you majestic what the fluffs? I'm Tyler. And I'm Shorty. <laughs> and we are the, the Inner Idiots. Idiots. This podcast contains graphic language, violence, and other things that you probably should not let your children listen to. Please enjoy. That's right. Don't adjust your ear holes. We're back. And you missed us. You know you did. Put your ugly kids to bed. Set the deuce loose. It's time for the inner idiot. I am your host, Tyler Havlin. And it ain't wet from sweat. And we ain't done yet, so don't sweat the technique. Oh, man, it's Saturday. You know what Saturday means. Saturday means we got a guest. And I'm excited about this one. Shorty, say hi. Hi. All right, now let me here, officially introduce here you. Here I am. That's right. The Lord that's never bored, the commander of the comic books. Shorty Fresh in the flesh. Two claps and Ric Flair for Lord Shorty Hoffman. <laughs> Woo! Saw. Comic book saw. Comic book saw. Is that All a little right. spicy on the end there? Yeah, is that is that how I rolled that time? It's exactly how you rolled that time. It's just the excitement oh, for today's right, guest. Right, right, and right. today's guest. Oh, man. Been trying to get him on here a while. He is the number three ranked heavyweight fighter in Kentucky. He, in his last bout, he won the Valor Heavyweight Championship against undefeated six foot seven champ, former undefeated six foot champ, CJ Baker. He's a man of many talents. Let's give it up. Two claps and Ric Flair for Jesse, the Pride Slayer Romans. Up, Woo! Guys? Good to be here today. Hey, man, we're, we're happy to have you. We're going to roll into today's top five so we can get into talking about you afterwards. Awesome. All I right. Want, so, I want to preface this that I know nothing, nothing at all about, like, what is it, UFC, right? Uh, or MMA is the term. UFC okay, yeah, is M- the promotion. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. MMA. I know nothing of MMA. That's all right, man. I have an extensive background, so I can carry it. I've heard you talk about it before. Well, my five favorite fighters are anime characters, so that's hey, This motherfucker. Yeah. This guy hey, gets it. There we go. I know it. Whitebeard's number one. And, White that, beard. and there's the top five for the day. Your top five favorite fighters and mine, because Shorty sucks at this. Well, hold on. If we're bringing anime into this, I can make a list. All right, oh. you make a list while we talk about his. You want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. Right, uh, I'll do it in less of an order and more of like a group. Okay. Definitely Whitebeard from One Piece. Uh, there's, He's just kind of in mystery a lot of the series, and when he does finally fight, like he's fighting to save one of the sons, and it's just an absolute... You know, Ward, he's a monster, and I, I really just like his style and the way he acts. Um, Naruto's definitely on there, and I know a lot of people are say he's a little cliche, but specifically when he fights Pain. Oh, absolute, bro, you yeah. you speak the right language. That's such yeah. a good fight. Yes. I haven't made it that far. Oh, my series. God, that is such a gnarly it's, fight. It's amazing. I mean, if you didn't like him before, thought he was generic, when you see that fight, you're just like, oh. When he fucking loses yeah. it, when, uh, yeah. when Hinata, Hinata gets hurt, yeah. bro. And Don't then, spoil this for me, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's oh a lot of God. there's a lot of juicy stuff in that part. And then uh, probably my favorite real life fighter would definitely be Jan Blahovich. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar. He's the 205 pound uh, UFC champion, which UFC is the top promotion. So he's sure. he's the best light heavyweight in the world. And then in his last fight, he fought the middleweight champion who came up to meet him, undefeated Israel Adesanya, and beat him. So Jan is a guy, I think he's 38 and I'm 28 and I look at his career because at one point he had 
his wife beg his manager to, you know, get in touch with the UFC matchmaker and give him one more chance because he was on a three-fight losing streak, maybe even a four-fight, I'm not sure, and then, you know, went on a tear and, you know, in his last X amount of fights has only lost one and has been finishing these guys who Dominic Reyes, who he won the title from, I believe, uh, you know, John Jones had vacated and they fought and Dominic Reyes took John Jones the distance. Yeah, I remember that fight. Yeah, so like Jan finishing him the way he did, just brutally knocking him out, was one of those things that just kind of shocked me. And even though I always believed in Jan, seeing it was just like, wow, you know, and and I can do that too if I work hard. So just, you know, he's my favorite real-life fighter. Um, As far as One Piece goes as well, you know, there's a lot of really awesome people on there. Um, But I got to say Usopp. And he's kind of like a coward on there, and he embodies like you know what it is to be a coward. But somehow we always you know pull something out of his ass, and I can admire that too. So you know, because sometimes man, it's scary to fight. I know a lot of people put on that facade, but I'll have you know I'm not one of them. It's scary as hell to fight. I get nervous, you know. But once my music plays and I walk out, it's gone. I don't know how. And well, it's the Lord. He wants me doing it that way. Um, and then as far as uh, my my last one, I gotta say, pain, uh, just because so good. He's like an embodiment of like going through a bunch of shit and then taking the wrong path. Like you know, he had the option the entire time. He has this power called the Renegon, and it's literally means heaven's eye. But it says in the description, you know, of what it is, it can either level the earth or create a heaven. So it's one of those things. Like I feel like it's a reference to what we do with our own path. So I know four of those were anime characters, but, you know, they really are, you know, people I look up to. I know that some people, you know, are super into fighting. I love it, but I don't really, you know, I relate more to stuff like that. Nice. No, I I feel the same way. Like, you know, Pain, uh, especially the story of Pain, you know, when you read, when you watch the anime or read the manga or whatever Mm -hmm. with Pain, watching him go through all the trauma that he went through, it's very understandable of like how easy it is to To slip into that darkness Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, um, one of my great parallels to that is um, the the path Hitachi took. Yeah, is like he took it the same path but executed it differently. He was and really like ultimate justice at exactly the end. right, and it was and awesome. It, it was super cool. Where Payne thought he was the final justice. Itachi was a lot like Batman because, yeah. like for example, the scene was uh, when he's talking to Harvey Dent, or no, it's the other guy, and he says basically, you know, I'm not the hero. They wanted he's talking the to hero Gordon. they need. He's talking to Gordon. Right, but he's basically saying, I'm willing to look like the bad guy to be the good yeah. guy. So Yeah. That's a good parallel to the comic books. Mm-hmm. Well, you got your five? I got four of them because I can't think of another one. All right, well, let's hear them. Uh, Neji from Naruto. He's Dope. one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And, like, especially toward the end of the series where he actually, like, like it's such a good, uh, good ending and good yeah. out for him. And he just proves it. He does not falter. He sticks by his code. And really, like early in the like the first series, Naruto uh, was it Shaolin Jump when he first fights? Um, oh God, who is? Oh, uh, when he fights Hinata. Yeah. And Naruto gets all pissed. Exams. Yeah. And he like he realizes that what he's doing is the wrong way. Like he yep. wants to change the course of his destiny, but he changes. He was so it up. ashamed to be a servant his whole life. Yes. But really embracing that made him better. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, next is Vegeta. <laughs> okay. Oh man, I I love yeah. me some Vegeta. Yeah. And, like, his unwavering pride in himself and, like, the strive to always be on the top echelon of fighters 
is something like I love it. He embodies like that ultimate like masculine eighties yeah. guy. With oh the, yeah, because he wears the singlet and yeah, you know, exactly yeah. right. And I think one of my favorite parts of the uh, the DBZ uh, or in Dragon Ball Super is like when I just talked about this last night when uh, Beerus first shows up mm-hmm. and he's sitting there mocking everybody and he hits Bulma. And Vegeta just loses it and is on par with a literal god. Yes. And for just a few seconds, but that's all it took. And, you know, and it's when somebody he loved actually got hurt. Yeah. And, like, he lost his mind. Like, that was so good. Um, the next one I got is uh, Gilgamesh from the Fate series. And mainly because he's such a tactical genius. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't care about winning. He just wants to live. So, and he does it very backhanded way, but I love the strategic mindset of him. I've seen, a, I've seen him in a lot of verses. He's apparently incredibly powerful. I haven't oh, made yeah. it to that one yet. But. Yeah, he's, he's crazy strong or whatever, but like he never aims to like outright win. Mm. He just wants to like not be in it. You know what I mean? Like the whole series is like basically like just a fighting tournament. And he's like, I have to be here, so I'm going to survive. But if I can survive longer than everybody else... Technically, I win. And then uh, the last one I got is Pain. And Dope. Same, same reason, dude. Like, I love the story of Pain. I love how he goes. That fight scene is one of my favorite fight scenes of all of anime. It's amazing. I guess, really, if I want to boil it down, I would probably... Next, I would probably say um, Alex Louise Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist. Because he's a badass. Yeah. And he's hilarious. And the mustache. Yeah, the mustache. The mustache Sparkle. majestic. Yeah. Sparkle. <laughs> Look at this, man. For once, I'm not the one that fucking got derailed. That's great. <laughs> that is absolutely great. Because I actually got real fighters. But that's all right. And I got more than five. Because, dude. Oh, you came prepared. I love it. Ch- trying well, to he, pick five. When he showed up, when he showed up, he's like, man, I'm having trouble with this top five. I'm like, what is it? He's like, top five fighters. And I'm like, uh-huh. He's like, I can't narrow it down. I can't. There's no way. And and there's fighters that are left off, off this list. But I'm going to start with my absolute favorite. Cause, I can't know, even name five. So Usually, I go from you know five to one. I'm just going to start it off big this time. My favorite fighter of all times is Spencer the King Fisher. 22-4, and four, never had a title shot, never a number one contender. he just always come in there and bang. And one of the, my favorite things about him is he always left it out there. Like, it doesn't matter if he won or lost. He looked the same battered, bloody mess every time after every fight. I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> Dude, he was... Have you ever seen any Spencer... Fights. Not not in particular that stand out to me, which which I definitely need to if his record's that good and he's a banger. You know, I need to check that out. The only fight of his I ever watched, and I was kind of like, eh, was was his last fight with Frankie Edgar. Mm-hmm. It was just a straight wrestling match. Might be getting much. older. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I mean, he suffers from CTE now. Like, I mean, he can't work nothing. But Spencer the King. That's why I'm Fisher. trying to get away from that. I mean, my last fight I was ripped open, and this fight, you know, I ate probably 50 punches. So. <laughs> Yeah, I want to avoid CTE if I can. Right. Next on my list is Alan Belcher. You guys, do you remember Alan Belcher? I've heard the name as well. Dude, he he was... I like that you're going really in on it. I like that. No, that's dope. He was super talented, and he's actually getting ready to uh, make his return. He hasn't announced where yet. Hopefully, it's over in Japan. But he is somebody that deeply feels that fighters cutting weight is a bad thing. Because he says... It's the only sport where you go in there trying to kill each other, but you come in like a crippled deer. Right. I can actually relate to that. You know, since I fight at 205, I cut a little bit for that, but nothing crazy. But even then, I still feel like shit. I mean, I'm cranky. I'm mean to my family that week. You know, I don't want anybody to talk to me. 
you know, I'll be at weigh-ins and somebody be like, Hey, what's up? And I'll be like, mm. like, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm a nice dude and everything, but even then I just don't feel it. And plus, you know, I'm trying to conserve energy for the fight. But when I fight at heavyweight, you know, I feel great because there's I, no I, cut. Right. I'm, you know, I walk around at 215 or 220. That's small for heavyweight too. It's very small. Yeah. That, Cause it's just 10 pounds of light heavyweight. Uh, so yeah, I can relate, but I feel great going into the fight. My cardio feels good. I'm just, of course, you know, 50 pounds heavier than someone. And that's like the difference between, you know, Conor McGregor and John Jones. So, yeah. yeah. I know those names. Yeah. yeah. I'd hope yeah. you know those names. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he's actually coming back to fight at a 205, like, uh, catch thing. So, that would be neat because he's always fought at well. Maybe I'll run into him. Dude, he, he's, he's he awesome. He me man. up. <laughs> not, uh, not in two years. <laughs> my next favorite is Fedor Emelianenko. Okay. Everybody loves Fedor. I, I love mean, Fedor. He, he, he's fighting well past his prime, but. Well, I can admire that. He didn't try to go out undefeated. He, he right. easily could have. Yeah. When he fought Kevin Randleman mm-hmm. in Pride, and this is when I was like, yep, Fedor's that dude. Kevin Randleman <laughs> picked up Fedor, slammed him down, and folded him like an accordion. Yeah. And Fedor popped right back up because he knew how to take a fall. I mean, and plus, too, he's training with heavyweights. All his brothers and stuff are, like, you know, bigger than me. And, you know, no, he, he <laughs> definitely was ready for that. Yeah. Uh, my next one is Joe Diesel Riggs. It's a name that's... Probably yeah. not super well I know known. Joe. No, I know Joe Riggs. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, dude, you used to fight He's it. fighting BKFC now, isn't is he? he? Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty I... sure he is fighting uh, BKFC. I almost am, I'm 99% sure. We might have to look that up. Well, he used to fight at super heavyweight at mm-hmm. the beginning of his career. And those of you who don't know, super heavyweight yeah. is 266 and up, I yep. believe. Yep. Golly. And then once he started getting a name, he started fighting at 175. I can definitely feel that. You know, a lot of people have said I need to try and cut to 85 and maybe one day, but not right now. You got the build for it, man. I could, I think. Uh, next one's Joe Daddy Stevenson. Okay. Love yeah. me some Joe Stevenson. Yeah. And I just watched a show with him on it and I was like, that's Joe Stevenson. <laughs> like he, to me, he's one of the people that have helped bring MMA into the forefront. Right. You know, from his TV experiences. Uh, next one's BJ Penn. Everybody loves some BJ Penn. I, I don't like have BJ to, Penn. I don't have to I, elaborate too much his, on his him. cardio. Was one of those things like was never really matched, you know, until re, you know now and now it's I will give it to him. It's you know kind of become the standard. Like everybody going into the UFC knows that they need to try and match that type of cardio. And then Jens Pulver, another one that's maybe not so well known, but him and BJ Penn had a great battle. Um. Quentin Rampage Jackson. You cannot make a favorite list of fighters without this dude. His attitude and swagger alone. Like, you you, you cannot love... Like, it's impossible not to love Quentin. Unless you're a door. A door? Yeah. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, on an episode of uh, The Ultimate Fighter, he got upset his fighter lost. And he just, like... There's a meme of it now. He just tears <laughs> through this, like... It looks like it's made of cardboard. I think I've seen the meme. Yes. I got three more. Uh, Brandon Vera. Brandon Vera is awesome. I really like that he's still pretty competitive in one. Yep. I've watched a lot of his fights, and he's been knocking dudes out in one. And and as long as he's on his game, like, I mean, he's one of them fighters. He's either on or he isn't. Right. And he come in, and he said, you know what? I'm going to fight at heavyweight. I'm going to fight at light heavyweight. He fucking, he put it to Frank Mir. And I think it was his UFC debut, I believe. But, I mean, dude's just, he's awesome. And my next one is actually Frank Mir. 
Frank Mir is amazing. I love Frank Mir. I love his hair more than anything. <laughs> and dude's incredibly <laughs> smart, too. That's what people don't realize is Frank Mir is incredibly smart. Uh, and well, my... he just got paid more than he ever got paid for a UFC fight to fight in, uh, what is it, Ritter Promotions on the Jake Paul uh, card. Yeah, he fought. I, I don't remember the guy he fought, but yeah, I think he made like 350 k Nice. Plus I heard that pay-per-view. kid, Jake Paul or whatever his name is, I mm-hmm. heard he's actually like decent. No. He's not no. decent. He just fights people okay. that can't fight. I, I don't decent. know. He never had an amateur career. And, well, yeah. that's because he was big on YouTube and shit. Right. Which, so. And I disagree with because it's not fair for me to have 11 amateur fights, you know, and then for some guy to just go. You know what I mean? So, sure. Like, I don't like him for that I under- aspect. I understand. As, like, As far as his boxing goes, like he has some skill because he has the money to just you know, have somebody to come train, train all day. And, yeah. But that grit, I don't feel is going to be there when he fights a real fighter. No. Oh, uh, okay. And, and everybody thought that this last Jake Paul fight, oh, he's going to, he's going to be te- like, no, dude, you're fighting Ben. I can't even say his last name. Askren. Yeah. Like Ben Askren has no hands. And he didn't None. take that serious. He could have, of course he, he has access to a UFC training camp and I've seen people who have trained for three months and would be competitive with Jake Paul. Hmm. I mean, you can't tell me that Ben Askren, you know, couldn't have got the work in. He just didn't do it. Sure. I've just, I've just, I've only heard these things because I saw his name on like the PlayStation like home screen or whatever. Yeah. Set up the advertisement and said Jake Paul and whoever the fuck. And I was like, oh wow, I can't believe this guy's actually fighting. I thought it was all jokes. Seriously, I didn't. I did the first time I heard it. You know, Logan, his brothers actually. I think they finally inked the deal for him to fight Floyd Mayweather. The thing is, they're both like my size, man. Like I, I, the Paul it, brothers. Yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, I think Logan might be like six two, walks around at two hundred pounds. Yeah, he's a big boy. So that's what I'm saying. Like he and Floyd Mayweather's what five six or something like that. And he, ain't, he ain't gonna be able to hit Floyd. No, and I agree. And but even then, it's just like a freak fight. Like that's yeah. not a. Why don't we see you know him fight someone his weight and who's a little tougher this time? I'm not saying you know he has to fight Francis and Ganu, but why don't, if you want to keep doing UFC fighters, you know fine. Like, um, find someone that's got hands. Don't find a Jimmy fucking wrestler. Crute. Do you know who Jimmy Crude is? He's a two oh five er. He's he's an up and coming guy, and I, I watch him a lot because he's a couple years younger than me and just fought Anthony Johnson, or not or not Anthony Johnson. Excuse me, Anthony Smith in the UFC. Lionheart. You know who that is? No. Anthony Lionheart Smith. He's amazing too. You might want to check him out. But I would like to see him fight a competitive two oh five er or a competitive one ninety. You know, mm-hmm. if he if he wants to be taken serious, I'm not against that. But no, nah, that was a joke. Ben Askren, come on, man. Yeah. Now you keep bringing up weight and stuff. Like, is it really that important? So um, I've had my ass whipped by small guys, so no. But ultimately, there's a saying, and I, I don't remember who the quote's by. It says a a great big man will always beat a great small man. So it's like if you're equal with someone and you're the same weight, I mean, it can definitely make a difference. I Especially, you. you know, if we end up in a position where I'm on the bottom. And I'm in a half guard position or something. Sorry to use like a turn. Anyway, yeah. uh, if I'm on the bottom and somebody weighs more than me, not only do I have to lift myself, I have to lift their weight. Sure. And yeah, it, I think it makes a difference. Okay. I was just curious. Especially cause... like striking sparring too, man. You know, when I'm sparring with my, my 135, 150 pound teammates, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not hitting them like I would my my bigger teammates. Because sure. You know, I can kick someone over. If I'm throwing an inside leg kick on somebody that's coming on me, they're probably going to fall over right. just because of the way it is. And But, with, you know, with a heavyweight, you know, I got big boy. He's got some, some cushions. So and not all the time. Again, I've had my ass whipped by smaller yeah. guys. Dude, I, I get hit in the body all the time. The only time I've ever had my rib broke was by a guy that walks around at 130 pounds. Jesus. 
So I mean, it. Because I mean, I used to ju- I used to just street fight. Like I mean, right. I was an angry little kid. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, and, and I fought I fought people who are six four and shit. And like I've walked away, and they're on the ground. Now, granted, I got still got my at like I still qualified as an right, ass right, kicking. Right. right. But like I just to me it always just seemed weird. Like you know I can hit the bigger dudes just as hard as I can hit the smaller guys. There's certainly a threshold, but again, when it comes to like you know a, a, like competition. I think weight is important. Mm-hmm. I think that you should be competing against somebody that's similar weight. And this is, you know, I agree with you. The la- my last two fights, I've had people who were more than fifty pounds heavier than me. Yeah, um, or around fifty pounds. The last guy was exactly about fifty pounds. Mm. So, and it it could make like for example, I was against a cage at one point, and I was trying to get off the cage, and I had he my was underhooks. a big boy. He was a big man, and when it comes to me trying to get away from there, that's just that like two seconds that I'm being penalized for for being underweight but then you know i'm faster maybe better cardio sure. but ultimately you know if it was a 205er that situation would have never occurred but it is what it is and you know mm-hmm. i agreed to these fights but yeah that's a great question i uh, it, i think it makes some difference but ultimately you know it's a fight yeah, yeah. and i mean like i'm like again i am uneducated as hell when it comes yeah to i dissected stuff. that a lot my yeah, bad, yeah. No, no 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 you're good like, I, yeah i'm always interested to learn like yeah. i don't I don't ever want to be sitting in ignorance the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I like to learn. The, the the little easiest, guys can definitely whoop a big dude's ass. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Sure. The easiest way to put it, when it is when I competed, it was, all right, you're tough at 190. Imagine how much better you're going to be at 180, 175. Right. Mm-hmm. Cut the water weight, rehydrate the day before. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's mm-hmm. the, that was the easiest way to put it. So when you do weigh-ins, like is that the day of or the so day So I will before? recommend if you get a chance to check out my YouTube channel because I've been uploading like a little documentary of my life. And sure. It's called From Couch to Cage, and it's just some clips of different stuff. So in, in one of the episodes, I have the weigh-ins from this fight, actually. And, you know, you go in, and I didn't cut weight, mind you, but my opponent looked like he did because he, he stripped down, you know, to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you, when you go there, you know, you – you usually show up a little early that they'll call your name and you come up and then you do an official weigh-in up until that point, you know, you, you have to have your cut maintained. So mm. it, it's, you know, once you get on the scale and you get off, you can gain back in Kentucky. They limit it now because people were cutting like hella weight, like 30, 40 pounds. Jesus. But now it's 8%. So for me to fight 205, let's just use 10% to make it a little easier. I could be like 220, or, or no, because you had 25 pounds on, or no, yeah. 20 pounds on. I could be like 225, uh, but usually I rehydrate up to about 215. I got you. When, yeah. when did they implement that? Um, I believe, honestly, like right when I first started, so about four or five years ago, five years ago. Because that shit was the Wild West back when I, back I, when I was Kentucky's uh, commissioner, Todd Neal, did a good job, <clears throat> and there was... There was a gentleman, he didn't actually make a weight cut, but a guy that passed away in the cage, uh, rest in peace, Don Shea White, at a promotion in Louisville a couple years ago. And I heard about that. Yeah, and, you know, God rest his soul, they've really cracked down a lot. And it was bad last year, or the last two years, because COVID, you know, it was almost a year that we didn't get to compete. But two years ago, the commissioner that came in after Todd left really cracked down on a lot of stuff, started making fighters get, like, you know, all kinds of brain scans, making it impossible for people to come back. There were people that got suspended from a TKO loss until they got like, you know, some crazy expensive scan. And it's just like, fighters can't afford that. Not at this level. Yes, exactly, man. I mean, we get a little travel money and stuff and then, you know, I get some money from my sponsors, but you know, I'm not making anything. It's like, it's like football or, or basketball. You know, when you're at that college amateur level, you know, you're not making anything. Uh, so no, I, I just, 
now they do the 8% rule. And I think that's fair. I think that there were a lot of people getting hospitalized uh, for that. I had a cruiserweight fight. It was supposed to be 225. If, mm-hmm. And it's not adopted in UFC. Sure. It, sh- it maybe should be. I think I'd be a good cruiserweight fighter because then I wouldn't have to cut any weight. And mm-hmm. I'd only be fighting 225-pound guys. But I had a cruiserweight kickboxing fight. because also competing kickboxing mm-hmm. in uh, Gatlinburg. Okay. And I drove all the way down there. My opponent said, hey, I'm in the hospital from the weight cut. And I'm like, what? We're mm-hmm. we're fighting at 225, dude. I'm 217 right now. What are you saying? And I yeah. just ate Chinese buffet. <laughs> and I was like, bro, I don't care if you're 270 pounds. I was like, I'm already here. And yada, yada. I didn't end up getting a fight. It was a great, I got a great hotel room and everything while I was down there. But, you know, long story short, man, like, you know, weight cuts are dangerous, but you know, they, they're manageable. It just depends. I, 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 I mean, think. I see a lot of people just, you know, not, not just in the, like the world of fighting, the world of acting and some other places, you know, like you see these people go through crazy weight gains and weight losses mm-hmm. just to keep up with whatever standard they want to be in. Right. And I've always thought it was crazy. Like I've always maintained like 185 to 175 since right. I was 15 years old. And like, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm incredibly active, but I don't work out or I don't cut sure. weight or watch what I eat or anything <clears> like that. I just, Stay. And I think that's a healthy way to be, Sure, I must say. Uh, you know, that wasn't always my lifestyle. Like I said, I was 380 pounds. And we're going to get to that yeah. after the break. Yeah. Oh, so we're going to take a break real quick? Yes, we're going to okay. take one break. All right? Yep. Um, and then we're going to get to your backstory. Sounds good. And, and how you got to where you are today. That sounds excellent. the journey you've taken. Right. Shorty? Yeah. I love you. Hit the fucking button. Yeah, that button. Hit oh. it. Hit it. This one? Yeah, that one. I didn't touch oh. your button. Touch oh. it. Oh. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, so we're back from the break. It's always fun to take a little break, get our minds right. <laughs> Anyways, still here with Jesse Romans, the Pride Slayer, and of course Shorty. Yeah, Shorty's always. I'm here. Shorty's the man. That's right. I liked his fighter choice better. Sorry. That's all right. It happens. <laughs> this is the way it usually works with guests, and that's okay. I'm here for it. It's it's good that somebody likes you, Shorty. Somebody. I mean, does. You ain't getting laid. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, you want to go to dinner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my joke before I said it. Ah, there it is. I got it. All right, Jesse, let, let's hear about your journey from the beginning because for those of you, those people listening that don't know him, like you have a very interesting story. You came from a little bit of a troubled past to where you are now. Let, oh, absolutely. Let, let's hear it, man. Uh, so really at the beginning of the journey, let's you know set the stage. When I was 18 years old, uh, I graduated high school and... My high school experience, you know, I lived in the middle of nowhere. Uh, my family wasn't super poor, but, you know, I didn't have money for a car and maybe other things and didn't really have any friends around. And, you know, finally when I started to get mobile, uh, I started partying a little bit. And I was around 380 pounds when I first started, you know, getting social. And kind of through partying, got down to about 310 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through the, the partying phase of my life, which 
it, it was kind of short now in hindsight, but it felt like a long time. Yeah. You know, it was about seven or eight months before I really started, you know, getting into like, you know, Kimbo Slice. Kimbo Slice was one of those guys I would watch him on YouTube and I, I would always in my head sit and think, oh, I could do that. I could, you know, beat people's ass in the backyard. I'm, I'm 6'3", I'm 300 and yada yada pounds, you know, so kind of throughout partying, my friends would pull out gloves that, you know, I'm sure you guys have drank before we were talking on the on the sure. break, you know, and spar with your friends and, yeah. you know, drink some Four Locos and listen to Slipknot and burn some deck <laughs> furniture and punch your friend's teeth yeah. out. And so, you know, kind of that was really the beginning of it. And sure. I know that sounds a little ghetto, but that was really the first, like, fighting I had experienced. Here and there, I'd had some fights in high school, of course, mm-hmm. but not like a, you know, hey, me and this guy are about to fight. I'm not pissed at him. What do I do? Yeah. And through that, I kind of developed a love and a, a, a sense of, okay, this is scary, but if you just, like, you sit and focus real hard, you know, you can punch that motherfucker in the face. Yeah. And, you know, through that, I had lost a little bit of weight. I was down to about 310 pounds, and uh, that kind of kept going on until I was around 20. And when I was 20, my friend Damian Miller, big shout out to him, he, he's not competing anymore but he was a big inspiration. He had been fighting and he, we went to high school together and he's 135 pounds. Wow. And I was like, man, you know, this guy's competing. I could do it too. Well, he told me, Hey, I'm going to go to Georgetown MMA today. Do you want to meet up there and train? I was like, yeah. And in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna go fuck these dudes up. Right. And I go down there and the, the head coach is, you know, that's the killer bees, right? Killer bees. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, Israel, Israel, uh, Gomez is the head coach and he, or the affiliate. Super nice guy. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> but Adam, Adam Gomez is the head coach at this one. Uh, Israel Gomez is the affiliation they're under. And he was actually Anderson Silva's head coach at one point. So very, very good school. Shout out to Georgetown MMA. Well, I went down there and I took the class and after class they said, Hey, you guys want to roll? And I didn't really know what that meant. He's like, you know, we'll wrestle, grapple. Um, excuse me. You'll tap out, you know, if something hurts. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm 6'3", 310 pounds. I'm going to whoop this dude's ass. Ten seconds, takes me down, heel hooks me, taps me out, my ankle's swollen up. I'm like, fuck. And it was weird because, like, you know, I hadn't really had to face my pride up until that point. And when that happened, I, I went home and I looked at myself. And instead of, like, getting down about it, I was like, you know, the Naruto inspirational music was playing in my head. Yeah. You know, and I, I just... I knew that it was something that, okay, I'm going to lose a lot and I'm going to get my ass beat a lot. But if I just kind of keep showing up, it's going to get better. Yeah. And so that's really what's happened since then. I mean, to break it down, though, you know, there's like th- almost three main segments to it. So I started training maybe two days a week for about six months. And, you know, during that period, I, I started to get a big head because I'm getting better. You know, I'm showing up a lot. Uh, I'm, you know, landing some strikes if I'm sparring, I'm, I'm getting some submissions, you know, yada, yada. And I was at a party and I ended up getting into a fight with a guy and he hit me first, but I really hurt him and it was stupid. Um, but long story short about, I, I knew that I probably was in trouble with the law for how hurt he was, but you know, this guy was kind of a unscrupulous character and always had warrants out and was always getting arrested and stuff. So I wasn't sure if it was going to come back and bite me in the ass. And about six months after that, you know, I was partying again. And well, I ended up 
kind of having an encounter with a police officer and he, he kind of asked my name and I was like, Oh, you know, I ain't worried about telling you my name. And he goes, Oh, you have a warrant out for your arrest. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you're not going to, he put his hand on his gun and he said, you're not going to give me any problems. Are you? And I just raised my hands up and I said, no, sir. Yeah. I, I put my hands down, let him search me. He said, you got anything on you? I said, no, sir. You know, do whatever you need to officer. And, you know, through the conversation, he realized that I wasn't going to do anything stupid. <clears throat> and he didn't even handcuff me in the back seat. Oh, wow. He, for some reason, because we kind of, you know, knew some similar people and stuff like that, come to find out. And he didn't even handcuff me in the back seat. He's like, you're a big boy. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to handcuff you. Sure. He said, but you give me any problems. You know, he, he basically said he'd fucking lay me out. Right. Like, a roundabout way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. And I wasn't having that happen. So. Yeah. I ended up going to jail and I, a bunch of things were running through my mind because I was a piece of shit. Right. You know, I was a punk. Uh, I had kind of like been cooped up my whole life. So, mm. you know, starting to drink and do dumb shit was fun to me now. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing. Like, especially like, you know, I, I can see this a lot with fighting and stuff like that. You, when you first start in, you always have this big ego of yourself, yeah. especially if you grow up in a small town and like, there's not a lot of people around there. You become Billy badass. Exactly. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so you have this huge ego of everything you did. You know, like when I was a kid and I was just fighting for the fuck's sake of fighting. And like, I had this huge ego trip and we were at a football game at, Oh God, what was it? Cooper high school. I think, yeah, and I got in this fight with this dude who was a little, like, he was way bigger than I was, and dude, this guy fucked me all kinds of up, and, like, my buddies had to drag me back to the car, and, but I went in there with a huge head, I was like, I will fuck this guy asunder. Aren't you glad that happened in a way? Oh, yeah, and, like, after that, dude, like, every time somebody was like, oh, yeah, shorty, you'll fight him, shorty, you'll fight him, and I was like, no, "Mm -hmm, no, and that's smart. And, like, I mean, because the one thing that really boosted my ego is there's this kid that was up here at uh, the high, local high school by us. He got in, like, he was talking shit to one of my buddies, and I just, like, I mean, I was cheap as fuck, dude. Like, I just went up and smashed the back of his skull in and just started beating the shit out of him. And, like, just because of that one instant hit in the back of the head, I had the upper hand. And, like, after that, my head blew the fuck up. Right. And, I mean, I was only 15, and, like, for, like, three or four years, I was this Billy Badass, and I got laid out one time, and I'm like, this, this is not, this is not where I want to be at. See, no. for me, it was way different. The more I learned and, and the better I became at the craft, it calmed me down. Well, that's how I am now, for I, sure. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I started realizing, you know what, like, this is going to be easy, and I'm not going to get paid for it. Why, why do I want to fight you? Mm-hmm. Like you're not a challenge to me. You're not going to make me any better by me whipping your ass. I can, and I completely agree with that sentiment now. But I wasn't always that wise, to yeah. be honest with you. And uh, it takes a while for some people. It just it takes everybody a different amount of time it, it to take find me where getting they're... my ass whooped a lot. Yeah, a lot, a lot. And you know, like he was saying that that mentality, that big head. You know, the thing that ended it for me was when I finally got to jail. They were like, "Okay, your bond is fifty thousand dollars." And, you know, it was one of those ordeals while I was locked up that I really had to take a look at myself. You know, my daughter was very young at the time and, you know, looking at some substantial time in prison uh, was horrifying to me. Thinking about my daughter growing into a young lady without me present really made me change my life. And I made a deal with God and I said, you know, if I don't, if I don't get locked up, God, I promise that the life that I'm leading that I'll live for you and he helped me get out of everything, uh, you know, with as minimal punishment as possible, thankfully. 
uh, debt to society cleared. You know, I was on probation for a couple of years mm -hmm. and had time put on the shelf. And during that time, you know, if I fucked up even once, I was getting locked up. Right. Now, was this pre-competition or were you I already competed yet? No, I hadn't okay. competed yet. I had trained a decent bit, but no, at this point, because so, when I first went in, I was about 20, 21 and trained for about six months and then got in trouble. And then for the next year and a half, it was just, you know, in and out of me getting in trouble and then uh, working and trying to get my shit together and pay off fines, etc. And once I finally got that stuff paid, when I was about 22, I started training real heavy again. And, you know, it, it was one of those things. I wasn't perfect yet. I'd switched from, you know, doing drugs and stuff to drinking. I had gotten sober off anything hard, uh, you know, but I was just drinking every single day. I was drinking four locos while I was at work. <laughs> uh, two or three four locos. I mean, I was straight fucked up at work. No, I, four locos and, is a your mother doesn't yeah, love you drink. Yeah, right. Like she denied you to tit if you're out there drinking. Four and I mean, locos. I'm poor. I'm not eating because I'm you know drinking type deal. And yeah. it was honestly during this time is when I did take my first fight. I think I took my first fight when I was like 23, 24. Four or five years ago, something like that. Like actual competitive yeah, fighting? Yeah, okay. fight, fight. And even then, I got a funny story for that, too. It was like, I was such a bad alcoholic. Uh, I was such a bad alcoholic the night before. I had actually drinking an entire fifth of vodka and slept on a hotel room floor on 12 hours notice. What the to hell? To fight a coach, yes. God yeah. bless. It, I was there with like some of my team and I wanted to fight and I had all my like blood work and stuff because I mm. intended on fighting anyway. And they had a guy pull like the day before and the only guy they had was TC Shaw out of Grind MMA. And they're like, you want to fight? I was like, fuck it, let's do it. And I ended up having a three round war with this man and lost by decision. And it was one of those things when I got out of the cage, win or lose, I was like, dude, that was insane. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the crowd would come up to me. That was awesome, man. That was even his people who, you know, were booing me when I first came out, you know, all have his shirts on, came up. Thank you for fighting. That was a great fight. You know, that was his retirement fight. He had had a lot of fights. And for me to have gone to a decision with a guy like that, my first fight, it just, it built my ego in a positive way. Yeah. Because I mean that, that right there, that's a cool experience. Like I can only imagine what it felt like is, um, because these people who are originally booing you and stuff like that, and then at the end of the fight, they're like, "Hey, man, yeah. thank you yeah. for doing but this." Like, that's man, the... I'm not e like you're not even in my fan base, <laughs> and you're still like thanking me. Like, that's cool, man. Especially that... like that's how you know you're doing a good job. That's right. that's the beauty of the MMA community, though, because both guys decide, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna get in there." Mm. So first of all, if you're ever met, like making fun of somebody for going in and getting knocked out, like, all right, have you ever gone in there? And because how devastating it is. You got to think that guy's been training his ass off to right. compete for that nine times out of 10, unless you're Ben Askren. Um, but <laughs> no, you know, you've been working really hard to compete and you go in there and you get knocked out. I've been knocked out. There's a video on YouTube and it was the best experience. It was actually my second fight uh, mm. about seven months after that. So after I'd lost, um, I had taken another fight down in uh, Hazard and I actually won that fight against a dude who was 3-0. and So that really built me too. Mm. Well, right as soon as I'd won that fight, Another guy was like, hey, you know, I know you're one and one, but we've got a an undefeated super heavyweight that has a title fight. And I was about 280, so no, I was super heavy too at the time. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you know, do you want to fight him? And I was like, man, there's a title on the line. Yeah, I want to fight him. Mm -hmm. Well, I ended up losing by first round TKO. 
Oh, wow. There was some controversy regarding it because there would have been some takedowns I would have got if he didn't grab his cage, grab the cage. But either way, I wasn't taking fighting serious at the time. Sure. And I needed to lose that fight. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I go to eat with my family the next day and I can't hardly fucking chew because some dude beat my fucking brains out the night before (laughs) and my jaw swollen and shit. And, you know, I'm sitting there trying to have a good time. No. And then the whole week, you know, you got to work. People are like, hey, how'd your fight go? Well, uh, look at my face. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's very, it's, it's embarrassing at that point. Sure. Uh, So I just use that embarrassment to train really hard. Yeah. And and then my next fight, I took it 265. Um, or yeah, my next fight, I took it 265 and I fought at Turfway Park when they still had fights there. Mm -hmm. And I fought a dude, Julius Moore. He was an ex-Marine and I ended up winning by first round TKO knockout, whatever they ruled it, uh, and just straight whooped this guy's ass. So that Mm -hmm. really gave me the confidence. And then right around that time when I was about, 22 23 i started at triple crown mma in florence which is where i'm still at mm-hmm. and since then we've been working hard uh my first fight out of there though you know i'd been there probably three months and my first fight out of there i ended up eating like a freak head kick in the first round and got nine staples in my head God, uh, believe it or not it didn't put me on my ass like i was out for a second he still managed to punch me a couple times right after the kick landed this was at heavyweight i have a picture the dude's humongous his name's gavin hernandez and it was one of those fights, like, dude, people ask me if I had brain surgery when I when they would see what happened the week of, because I got all these staples in my head. Right. You can see the scar still. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. As yeah. soon as you said it, as soon as you said it and ran your head, your yeah, hand across, like Max I was wound. Solid. Yeah, and it was on, it was like the day before Halloween or something, so uh-huh. I think some people I were walking past probably thought it was a problem. Oh, sweet makeup, bro. Yeah. No, it <laughs> that was good timing. Yeah. And then uh, right after that, you know, I, I took about a six-month hiatus and trained super, super hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, came into my next heavyweight fight about 250, yeah. which is a good little bit under the weight cap. That's a nice weight for a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I fought a really tough dude out of American Top Team and ended up losing by decision. So I'm on a two-fight losing streak at this point. Mm-hmm. And, but after the fight, I proposed to my wife in the cage. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, it was, one of, it was a great experience because I don't. We didn't get fight of the night, but it was a great fight. There was a lot of really good fights that night. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, a guy out of American Top Team. I mean, that's one. That's one of the top teams in the U.S. Absolutely, and, and at the amateur level, you want to take tough fights sometimes to yeah. really, really see where you're at. And that fight in the second round, he beat the dog shit out of me in the second round specifically. Beat the dog shit out of me. I, you guys can probably see my nose is fucking crooked as hell. That's from Ashley Hunt. I've had it broke probably like six or eight times. I believe it. it. Um, but he, he fucking rearranged my face in the second round <laughs> and I sit down on the stool in between and shout out to my coach, Jeff Johnson. I'll, I'll mention him a little more in a little bit. Um, but I was sitting on the stool and he was giving me a way out. He said, you dumb big guy. And uh, there's a term throwing in the towel. You yeah. Sure yeah. It. And it happens sometimes if you take damage, you can't answer the bell. And he's always like, you dumb big guy. And, you know, he's wiping my face off and, and told me, you know, don't blow my nose or my eyes would swell up. Because when you break your nose, that'll happen if you do blow your nose. Yeah. And I was sitting there, and everything in me was defeated. But there was, like, this little candle. And it was literally, like, almost like an anime or something, man. There was just this little candle, and the wind was blowing in my forehead. And I, I'm visualizing it now. And my wife's in the crowds. My teammates are in the crowd. And I, I stood up off my stool, and it, I'd only just sat down. And I was like, fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. And, dude, I went out there and arguably won that th- that third round. Hell, yeah. Yeah. I I'd lost the first two rounds, hands down, but I think it ended up being 29-28. Wow. And I ended up going out there and winning the third round. Yeah, that's by awesome. Decision. And it was one of those things I needed that. Mm-hmm. I needed that. Like, that boosted my confidence more than anything. I was like, okay, that's the worst thing that can happen. I just right. had the two worst things that could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Me getting head kicked and knocked out, and then me getting my straight ass beat by some dude. Mm-hmm. Well, 
a month later, I was, I was scheduled to fight again. And I was supposed to fight this dude who was... Uh, do you know who uh, Jeremy Durham is? He used to wear the cat onesies and fight locally like five, six years ago. If you don't, it's it's cool. But you should look him up later. It's pretty funny. He was a fun guy, uh, but he would make a little bit of a joke out of it. But he had some serious karate, some really good kicks and stuff. Uh, and his only losses were to some pretty some pretty tough guys. And sure. He, and he had beaten a couple tough guys too. And we were scheduled to fight, but I knew that ultimately my boxing would would beat him. Mm-hmm. Well, he pulled the week before uh, for an injury or something, something relatable. He called me. It, you know, it was all good. He wasn't being a pussy or nothing. And the only guy they had left was a fucking. And so I'm down to 230 pounds at this point. I'm working hard. Right. I was working really hard. Like I said, I'd taken those two L's and I was working really hard. And the only guy they had was like 320 pounds. And wow. This, this dude, his first fight he had lost, but then he had went out and fought some some big ass dude and box some. Well, some got his size because he's a big ass dude too. Um, and ended up winning his boxing fight by KO. So he was coming off a win in boxing, coming back to the cage to fight me. And I'm like, okay, you know, a week notice, I'd already sold a bunch of shit and very similar to the most recent fight I had. And I ended up winning by knockout. Wow. Like straight cold beat, you know, he's a good dude and everything, but yeah, I I whooped his ass. I imagine when it comes to fighting, like, um, you can't, you almost don't hate any of your opponents. You know what I'm saying? Like some people do. I don't. I definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good to. I think it's good to exercise that. Like when you go into a fight with rage and whatnot, and like, like, oh man, I fucking hate this guy, and I want to kick his ass and stuff like that. I think that's just a bad headspace to be in. For I sure. Think it, I think it depends on the person, man. And that's fair too. Some guys they they get off on that, and it, I, it helps them be successful. But I, I don't. always had to find a reason not to like my opponent. I had to because if I went in there with any kind of ah, it's just competition, like. If I went in there with that, I'd take it easy on him. Well, I had to find that space. Like, why do I need to be mad at this guy? I think I'm the opposite. It's like when I'm cordial with them, it's like I had a fight, a kickboxing fight against this dude that looked like Yellow Romero. And me and him were super cool. We're at weigh-ins laughing about, you know, talking about Naruto. The dude wore like badass, like Itachi Uchiha shoes to weigh-ins yeah. and shit. And he's, you know, fucking a monster. And mm-hmm. But that fight... I like bit down on my mouthpiece and there was one point where we headbutted and you know, you're not supposed to do that, but it, neither he and I meant it. We're just, we're, we're fighting. Yeah. And he goes to set, he's like saying, I'm sorry. And like two years ago, I've been like, Oh, you're good dude. But I'm just like, no, I fucking bite down on my shit. We're, we're not talking when the bell rings, we can hug. I'll pray with you after the fight and before the fight. Right. But when that bell's going, I'm trying to fucking kill you. Right. Like, but before that and after I can't do it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I've learned to flip the switch really good now. Yeah. It, no, it, no, I think that's a good thing is like, you, I mean, even like I used to competitively play video games. Mm-hmm. And so like when you're, when you're going against people like actually playing or whatever, like as soon as you're sitting there BSing about, you know, your favorite video games, your favorite tactics yep. and whatnot. But as soon as the control, like as soon as the game actually starts, yep. you're like, fuck you. Ah! Yep. And when it comes to a competition, it's like, if you're playing in your leisure time, you're going to experiment. Like it's almost like sparring. Yeah. You're going to experiment with your style and your play style. And it's the exact same for MMA. Right. But when the fucking bell is going and it's going on our record, no dude. Right. We're, you're literally going to have to put me on a stretcher to mm-hmm. get me out of here. You're going to have to kill me to get me out of here. And having that mutual respect for each other, you know, like, you know, that guy, when he headbutt you or whatever, you yeah. know, you understood like that wasn't like a threat or anything like that. It was just an accident or something like that. Yeah. But you guys have a mutual respect in the ring to where like, we understand this can only go so far. Yes. And I imagine that's somewhere in subconscious. It, and it, it's not easy. You know, I, I, I get the concept of getting mad before the fights, but the thing is I'm, I have to listen to my coach too. Right. And if I'm mad, I'm not fucking listening to him. I'm right. like, knock you out. 
But no, my coach, Jeff Johnson, he and I have really worked on it. And, you know, that's why I've gotten better. Not really. I've become more athletic on my own. I've yeah. become more knowledgeable on my own. Yeah. But I, I definitely want to thank Jeff. And I should bring him on sometime. He's a great dude. Has a real rich history in the sport. Um, he's my MMA coach, juggernaut boxing. Um, we're an American kickboxing style. And it's like he has taught me how to fight. I've always had the grit. I've always been a fighter. That's mm-hmm. just, you know, that's kind of like a, a mental thing, if you will. Whether or not you're good, that's like a mental thing. Right. But when it comes to being technical, you know, you got to have a good coach. You got to have a guy who's honest with you and doesn't bullshit you and let you think you're good when you're not. Right. If I'm doing something wrong, then, you know, I need to be called out on it. But, I, you know, I had started losing the weight. I was about 230 when I fought that 320-pound guy. Um, you know, again, started taking it real serious. Well, slowly started getting down in weight. Started competing at 205 pounds in kickboxing. And, you know, I was just knocking these dudes out and stuff and, and just having real good outings. And I, I intentionally planned on going pro in kickboxing, so I was focusing more on that. And then, you know, this is that whole ordeal is taking place over the last, like, two years. Mm-hmm. And then the COVID shut down. You know, we had about a year where I'm training, but I'm not competing. Right. And then my first MMA fight back was... In February of this year, I hadn't fought in a year and a half since I was in Covington mm. um, and won a submission. So I, I originally planned on fighting 205. Valor messaged me because I had won a kickboxing fight against their their stud 205 or number one contender fight. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, man, we want to give you a title fight ASAP. Just let us know. You know, I'd been on a tear at that point in kickboxing, but I was interested in MMA. Well, they had already had a 205-pound title fight schedule, but they're like, hey, We've got this six foot seven undefeated heavyweight champion, CJ Baker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to fight him? I'm like, man, I'm 217, but I talked to my coaches. We watched the footage. We developed a game plan, and you know, we went out there and finished him in the second round. Hell yeah! And won the Valor heavyweight title uh, in February of this year. Right. And then after that, you know, I, I was toying with the idea of going pro at that time because uh, we had had some offers, and you know, some people wanted to throw a little money our way to make a pro debut. Sure. But, you know, my coach and I talked about it and we're like, okay, we need to at least get one more in. One more, like, good fight, not a chump. Because the thing is, you want to start getting paid for it when you're when you're at that skill Yeah, level. absolutely. Um, you know, you don't want to be fighting these guys for free your whole your whole career. Yeah. And, you know, you can take it slow once you go pro. You, you don't have to, you know, fight Yoel Romero immediately or whoever, Brock Yeah, Lesnar. you don't want to rise to the top quick. <clears throat> right. You want to take your time and be smart with it. But, you know, we took this fight. And originally, I was supposed to fight at 205 pounds, and I ended up uh, having to fight a heavyweight boxing coach out of Detroit on a week notice uh, two weeks ago. Or no, sorry, a week today. Yeah, I fought (laughs) a week ago today uh, at Rupp Arena, and we ended up pulling out the decision win, and it was an absolute battle. We won fight of the night. That was my first bonus. Cool. Yeah, and really, this fight meant so much to me, because before the fight, one of the commentators who had done a lot of the fights that I had been at before was like, Hey, you know, what's been going on in this camp? Like a background before they, they commentate, you know, you kind of want to, you know, you want a background. And, um, I was like, I plan on making this fight a brutal fucking display of who I am. A Mm. a three round bloodbath. If it has to be hell yeah. And I did not stop punching, kicking and kneeing this dude. I absolutely put everything into the fight and we brought it home and I ate some nasty uppercuts here and there too. And there were people that were even asking me on one of the hard rock fan pages. They're like, you know, did that shit hurt or did it just look crazy? And I, <laughs> I was like, bro, they were hard. I mean, yeah. a 265 pound man just rearing up and sky uppercutting your head into the, you know, the, the cage. Like, yeah, dude, it, yeah. it hurt. But the, the thing is, you know, chin tucked and we're, we're down, we're gritty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at Triple Crown MMA and Juggernaut Boxing, we, 
we gruel, we grind, you know, we sit and we, we do this thing called peace in a firefight where while your opponent's drilling, you're throwing one twos. Because the thing is, you've got to learn to keep your chin down. We're not hurting each other. It's, yeah. it's just that you need to know where your shit needs to be when you're throwing these combos. And if you get used to drilling it like that, when you fight, it becomes second nature. And that's why I wasn't getting caught with anything that knocked me out. Right. Or, you know, or even dazed me. It, it was keeping my chin down, keeping my hands up. But yeah, man, I've, I've lost 175 pounds. I've stayed at it. Uh, Triple Crown MMA has done wonders for me. Again, anybody that listens and that's in the area, I definitely recommend you come try a free class. It's been amazing. And uh, hopefully the next step, uh, well, I think that, that was my last amateur fight. Uh, I've gotten some some very nice offers. I'm going to go on vacation first before I, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. exactly what I want to do, but I've gotten some very nice offers and we're, we're going to be looking at a professional career. Cool, man. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited for you, bro. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Now you've got a lot of other stuff going on. So let's, let's wrap up the fighting for now. Yeah, sure. And let's uh real quick, just touch on some of the other shit you got going on. Your so, merchandise, your documentary, all yeah, that stuff. Let's cool. hear about it. Real uh, quick. So as far as like, the Pride Slayer Media, I started a YouTube channel recently kind of because I'm one of those guys like jack of all trades, master of none. And I, I feel that. Yeah, and it, it's, you know, finding that one thing to, to make a career on, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm not like one thing. I like to do a lot of different stuff and have a variety. So I started a YouTube channel, Pride Slayer Media. I have a documentary kind of going about my life for people who are interested in fighting you know, that's just kind of one facet of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a documentary that I'm doing called Architects, Angels, and Aliens, where I'm doing like a documentary where I show the connections between um, a lot of ancient astronaut theory, the Bible, and then actual evidence of these occurrences. And it's like scientific and factual. I'm not using conjecture or my theology. I'm using actual like science to back up things. Like I'd be, I'd be interested to talk about that. This like, is- I, I, I often pull parallels between, uh, the Bible and other, you know, other aspects of the life. When he told me about this shorty, you popped into my head. I was like, shorty's going to love this. Yeah. That's really dope. I, so like, for example, I'll just do it cause it'll take me 30 seconds to, to sum it up. Like the first episode is over the book of Enoch Okay. and it was removed from the Bible, uh, originally because it details, you know, angels coming to earth and breeding right. with women and creating the Nephilim. Yep. Well, I have proof that the Nephilim was, just wasn't in this area. So, like, you've heard of the term, the realms in Norse mythology. Yeah. Well, Niflheim and Nephil, Nephilim are the same fucking word. Yeah. Which is with a little a different accent. Yep. And there are other words that are parallel, too. Another thing is, like, it, it says, Azazel came to Earth and taught men how to wield fire and metal. So did Prometheus in Greek mythology. Yep. They were talking about the same beings. So even then, we go to the flood that happened as well. There was a meteor impact that Randall Carlson documented 11,000 years ago. And then there's this ancient um, structure called Gobekli Tempe that was buried by humans 11,000 years ago to protect it from what? A fucking flood. But I've got like all this evidence for it and everything. Hmm. It'll be in the first give, episode. Give, give us the channel one more time so people it, can look Pride for Slayer it. It's Pride Slayer Media. Yeah, I should have that video dropped hopefully this weekend. I uh, really want to put a lot of care into it and make yeah. sure the information is just good for people and presentable. But yes, it's Pride Slayer Media. Please check it out. It'll be called Triple A in the, the, um, the sure. heading or whatever. But it's angel or sorry, Architects, Angels, and Aliens. And right. we're going to go over a lot of cool stuff. I've been working on this since I was probably 12 years old. Really? Yeah, just like in my head and then mm. finding all these parallels. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Like, that's the same <laughs> yeah. as this. Wait, and then in this too? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff with that. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really excited to do that. Probably more than any of my other projects. And then what was the third one? I know there was another one. 
I'm not going to be doing a lot of fight stuff on there. Like sure. I said, it's going to be, well, the third one I'm going to be doing, um, without pride. So I want to bring people on, uh, cause my name's pride slayer and the right. name behind that or the reason behind that is that I want to slay my own pride, not anybody else's. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian too, I want people to love each other. A lot of people are, are stigmatized and dogmatic and, and they look at certain things in the Bible and, and they want to hate people because they're different. So I want to bring people on who are different. You know, I, I have a friend who's a gay comedian out of Louisville. You know, I want to bring him on and do a talk where it's just, you know, I want to do it like a Lex Friedman style where it's sure. me and him talking on camera uh, and, you know, bring up subjects that are even taboo for us to talk about and show that ultimately at the end of the day, you and I can be completely different, but we can love one another. Right. You know, and now, I like it. I dig now, it. Now, my question, my question for you is because I come from a very religious background. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up going to church every yep. Sunday, Wednesday, and yep. now sometimes Saturday. Yeah. And I always volunteered and stuff like that. Did you Did you also grow in the church, or did you later in life get into it? Later in life, I mean, my parents were always Christians, but mm-hmm. you know, they never really took me. I mean, for a couple of years, we went to a little church, my mom and I mostly. Sure. But no, you know, and my dad prays every day, but we were more of those people like backburner Christians. And yeah. ultimately, I found out that that's really not any worse than being someone who goes to church every day, but right. is a piece of shit. Well, see, like my dad, my dad summed it up for me. You know, talking on the religious aspect is my the only reason my dad went to church was because of my mom. Right. But my dad was always like every night before bed, he would sit us down, we would pray, we'd go to bed, and a lot of times, like I don't sleep very often. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I've had insomnia since I was me too, very man. young child. There's too much to do and not enough time. Exactly right. Yeah. That's not why I don't sleep. I like but, naps. Yeah, Sorry, I love sleeping. But I would wake up in the morning. And just sit on the bed and talk to my dad while he was getting ready for work or whatever. And he would always, like, give me these, you know, um, stories of, you know, religious icons. Mm -hmm. And he would parallel it with real life events that are going on and just our thing or whatever. And, like, my dad was a very good spiritual leader, especially for me, you know. And, like, as I've gotten older, growing up in the church, you see a lot of corrupt things go on. Right. And stuff like that. So I've developed a And that's more important, faith. in my opinion, than going to Mass on Sunday yeah. and, like, sitting and being bored and not really getting your cup filled. Mm-hmm. I would rather sit and listen to somebody on a Facebook live stream yeah. when I've got the time to sit and focus. All my stuff is done for the day. And I do think you should put God first, but it's like praying. That's what's putting God first. It's not yeah. going out and showing, hey, look at my Sunday's best, and I got mm-hmm. this new car, and I'm going to church, and really, you know, I'm sleeping with this lady over here, yada, yada. And I feel like there's a lot of that in the church, and church is great. I found my spirit through my through my pastor, Jeff Cologne. Sure. But, you know, I, I watch the live stream. I don't go that very, I don't go very often. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've got other things going on, and I know that sounds terrible, and I should go. But it's one of those things, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm at church every day. You still get it in, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, everywhere I go, I, I want to present God. and But I don't want to be a liar either, you know. Again, yeah. I'm not going to tell you that I'm a person who's even a big fan of church sometimes. Right. Because sometimes I feel like I can't focus. Well, I mean, there's, you know, growing up in the church or whatever, I can't tell you how many times I was just bored. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I'll me and a buddy of mine, this, like, right before the COVID shut down, we went to a concert. And it was August Burns Red. Mm-hmm. And while we were there, there was these like five or six guys just talking to people on the street, you know, trying to convert, you know, bring them to church or whatever. And like, I don't wear my Christian like face right. very often or whatever. And I was wearing, um, like, I always wear a comic book t shirt. And I just had a, a villain's t shirt on. And the guy was like, oh, and he was trying to draw parallels between that and the Bible and how what I was wearing was wrong. And I was like, cool, allow me to hit you with this. And I just started drawing parallels between the villains and real life or not, you know, real events in the Bible. 
and like all this other stuff and like going into de- detail or whatever. And I was like, what you're doing is wrong. Telling people that they're going to go to hell for all this. And I completely agree. And that's honestly what I want to change too. Yeah. People like that ruin it for all the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mean, because so you, you bring it in as um, a fear tactic and it's not great. No, because I don't, I want to love God because I love God, not because I'm afraid of going to hell. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I don't want to worry about the consequence. I want to worry about the promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. And I, I do that a lot of times. Uh, I've been on several podcasts where people like it's a Christian based podcast and they want to draw parallels between um, current media and stuff like that. So a few of my buddies know I am the comic book guy. So they call me up and like, hey, we want to do this episode where we talk about comic books. Would you mind coming on? Yeah, absolutely. While we're talking about comic books, Spawn versus Kratos. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Such a good book. Yeah. Like. Oh my god! All right, I hate to rain on your guys' parade. No, you're good. Let's hear about the merchandise real quick. Oh, the merchandise. Okay, <laughs> so we're gonna be get, we're gonna be getting that out soon. The merchandise. I will give you guys a link, and we'll, we'll touch on that more next time. I'm working on finding a, a better provider than I had before, um, and then we're gonna get it out to you guys. I have Pride Slayer merch that'll be coming out. I did have a, a drop in February, but since then we wanted to find a new retailer, uh, somebody who can get it to us, maybe a better quality. Um, cause I want everything to be dope. I'm going to have all kinds of different stuff out again. Every bit of the sales go to helping me, you know, fund this journey. I quit my job in November. I was a manager of Buffalo Wild Wings yeah. and quit my job to focus on fighting more. So, you know, it means a lot to me. And if anybody believes in the journey, as soon as uh, follow me at pride Slayer MMA is my page. And if you want to follow me on Facebook, uh, Jesse Pride Slayer Romans. I do have a personal Facebook and I, I share a lot of memes. So I hope you guys like that. <laughs> all right. Yeah. The merch will be out soon. Well, that's it today. Yeah, that's a lot. Jesse, that's cool. You are our outer idiot of the day. Awesome. I feel like it. <laughs> uh, and, and like I said, that's it. So in the meantime, in the betweens time. Remember, if you have u- ugly kids, adoption's always an option. <laughs> Cue the music. We out. <laughs>